Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Ah! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish is upset. Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner. Darren Pritchett. And a pleasant good evening, everyone. Budweiser's weekday sports beat is on the air for this Tuesday, August the 29th of 2023. Sports beat coming to you live on 960 AM WSBT. Live streams available at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app and a two-camera shot of the studio right now available on the Twitch app. Hope you're having a terrific Tuesday. Welcome to the program. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by ABC 57's Allison Hayes. She'll be joining for the program tonight. We're only on the air until 6.15 because the South Bend Cubs are taking on those Fort Wayne tin caps. Over in Fort Wayne tonight, pregame coverage starts at 6.15, first pitch at 6.35. Really quick, before we get into Notre Dame football talk, the Colts did not trade Jonathan Taylor by 4 o'clock this afternoon, so they have to cut him, put him on the physically unable to perform list, and they chose the pup list, so Taylor automatically out the first four games of the year, home against Jacksonville at Houston At Baltimore, home against the Rams. Sadly, no one wins in this situation. The Colts did not get what they were looking for from trade offers. And Taylor still has that I-want-to-be-traded piece of paper on the GM's table right now. So he wants to be traded, but it looks like it won't happen until later on. The NFL trade deadline is Halloween Day. Well, here we are. We've got Tennessee State coming up on Saturday, the first FCS opponent. We'll talk about that more coming up here on WSBT Radio. But as we start the program, Allison, I mean, we have to do a little 
understanding of what it was like to be working over in Dublin, but also enjoy, I guess we could say, the nightlife of Dublin. So we'll kick off our hat trick of opening topics and let you talk about what it was like to be a tourist in Dublin last week. It was a dream come true, really. I mean, and it was the nightlife, the day life, the (laughs) mid-afternoon life. It was just a whirlwind of a trip. I mean, my gosh, we were on the go, go, go every single day. We arrived in on Monday and hit the ground running, did a food tour with uh, the former Notre Dame leprechaun, Connell Fagan, who is from Ireland, and he lives in Dublin now. And that was really cool. And then we... Um, I, I went over to that Dublin City FM radio station oh, yeah. and talked with them about the show that they do specifically on Notre Dame football, which I think is cool that there's such an interest in American college football that they have a show dedicated to Notre Dame wow. in Ireland, which is amazing. Tuesday, so I have competition now. Yeah, oh, you better I didn't watch know that. out. Okay. Yeah, you might <laughs> get a, a competing station and get your show over there. There you go. <laughs> and uh, we Tuesday morning we woke up at 5 a.m. So that we could go hiking in the Wicklow Mountains. Oh, wow. In Glendalock. It's about an hour south of Dublin. And it was totally worth it. It was absolutely beautiful. And we basically had the whole place to ourselves. We were. It was a six-mile hike. Oh. We saw four human beings total the whole time we were out there. And the majority of were at the beginning as they were, like, coming back out. And, and then as we were finishing up, we saw people starting. It was, like, getting to be a little bit later into the morning. Wow. So people were showing. It was amazing. It was breathtaking. Animals everywhere. Just, like, we could almost touch these. I, they weren't deer, but they were something similar mm-hmm. to deer with huge horns. Hmm. It was a little nervy, like, made you wow. a little nervous. But I, that was the stuff that I liked the best. I mean, I love the pubs. I love the scene. I love the scenery and uh, the music and the atmosphere. But I really loved having the opportunity to do some of the things out in nature. We did go get to go golfing uh, up in Northern Ireland. I did that with uh, Golick oh, and uh, some cool. of those guys. And it was as hard as you can imagine. You asked me like a month ago, <laughs> would you like to have nice weather or would you like to have traditional Irish weather? Yeah. We got every type of weather you could possibly get <laughs> in about an hour time frame. It went from warm and sunny to drizzling to windy and freezing cold to full-on downpour rain to warm and sunny again we i took my layers off put them back on had a winter hat on took that off oh wow it was crazy we did the giant's causeway which is another like amazing natural wonder which was just beautiful um and then made our way back to dublin and and got to go into the tour the stadium and one thing that was funny that i I talked a lot about is that so we got to watch navy's open practice now this is the open well for 20 20 minutes but okay. the open part of their practice we get there and they know they're open for 20 minutes where the media's there we're all along the sideline and their new offensive coordinator chestnut so we're watching and the, the quarterback drops back throws it was like a screen pass and the, he runs over to us and he's like hey who, who are you shooting for who, what's this for when are you airing this and we we're like uh tonight <laughs> you know <laughs> and he's like Oh, man, can you please? He was super nice. Yeah. He was like, can you please not run that until after the game? We, I'm new here, and I need all the help I can get. <laughs> we were like, uh, okay, sir, you got it. But it was it didn't give much away, I don't think, and I don't think it would have made much difference. But no. uh, just overall, uh, so welcoming, so many th- – Thousands and thousands and thousands. I mean, everyone's heard it now. It's the single largest event, a single event for Americans to cross the pond and come over to Europe for 40,000. And everyone was just so welcoming and everything was top notch from the way they took care of things. And it was great, wonderful experience. 
So when you played golf, did you notice the golf ball run out more? Because obviously in Ireland, the ball is meant to be played on the ground and rolled up into the green. Is that the type of golf course you played? Yes. Okay. It was a Lynx course, and we nice. were that was the advice, like lay up, let the ball, you know, it. let it roll. And uh, I lost. I don't even know how many balls I lost. <laughs> I lost so many. It was very, very challenging. Okay. The next question, I have to be creative because <laughs> – Sportspeed has been sponsored by Budweiser oh. for decades, but there is a thick beverage that I'm told tastes a whole lot better in Ireland than it does here. Can you confirm or deny? It's a completely different beverage in okay. Ireland. It does not taste even remotely the same really? as it tastes here. And they, they, they'll they admit that. They tell you straight up, like, we know what they what we send over there is not anything good compared to what is available. Hmm. So if you like it here, you'll be in heaven over there. And we got we had an amazing experience at that storehouse where we got to learn how to do the perfect pour. And I you, saw your picture. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It was so cool. And then, of course, they put the picture on top of the phone. And the, the key that we learned was when you take your first sip, it's not one sip. You drink it all the way until it splits the G. So the name of the beverage, yes. it, it, you split, <laughs> you drink it all the way down on the glass to where it splits the G. That's a, that's a real, um, I think I'm pretty much an expert at that now. I'm not saying this because of our sponsor. I've been a longtime Anheuser-Busch consumer because of the St. Louis connection, but the stuff we're talking about is gross to me, so I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to like it anywhere. But I'm glad I'm glad it tastes a little different. I've heard that, so story confirmed. It was fantastic. Very good. All right, now let's get to a little football conversation. So, Allison, I want to get your thoughts on Notre Dame's offensive performance against Navy. The Irish put up 42 points. Really, they could kind of do whatever they wanted in this football game. But what stood out to you watching the game in person? I, what a difference Sam Hartman made yeah. in the game and, and everything that this offense has needed and lacked for so many years now and how effortless it felt. It was amazing to see his stats at halftime. He had 200 yards and two touchdowns <laughs> at halftime, and that was after two rushing touchdowns. I mean, he just made it look so easy, and it was – I mean, and then when he's off on the sideline, he's you know he's on the iPad and, and just the communication that he had with his with the other players, and just how the checks that he could make and mm -hmm. the trust that they could have in him and, and a guy who that was his first game ever playing for Notre Dame, and Jared Parker and Marcus Freeman could have that much trust in him, he, a complete game changer. Now, granted, you've got that kind of run game and you've got the holes that that O line was creating as well. I mean, that's a, a game changer as well. But when you've got someone behind center who can air it out, who can run the ship the way it needs to be run, sky's the limit right yeah. now. I mean, now granted, it's against Navy. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But boy, oh boy, first game out the gate, that is everything everyone wanted to see. They dominated. That's the important thing. Yes. You, everybody can say, well, it's Navy, but they dominated. If they did not dominate, then it would be a worry. But I just love the way they executed. We were, I think, as a media group, wondering the chemistry of the offensive line early on with the two new offensive guards. And, you know, that looked pretty good to us amateurs who look at the offensive line play. But Hartman was not sacked. He was not intercepted outside of the SMA fumble that cost him a little time. On the bench during the ball game, my goodness, I don't know if we could have asked 
for a better first game for this offense. And the fast start also that, you know, there was a lot of talk beforehand. We, I had my show in Dublin uh, live, which was really cool, by the yeah. way, just as a side yeah. note, like I always say, oh, you can stream us live anywhere in the world. And literally in the bar that we were doing our show from, they were streaming our show oh, how on cool. the TVs there. It was like a dream come true. So it was a, just neat, amazing what technology can do. But the former players I had on, Mike Golick, I had on it. Everyone's like, ah, I think Notre Dame will get off to a slow start, but then they're going to pick it pick up it and up. carry away with it. And I was like, I think they're going to get off to a fast start. And I really did. I And he did. I mean, just boom. It was like right of immediate. You could see that difference and just how quickly. And then you, you touched on it. To be able to then dominate. Notre yeah. Dame also doesn't do that. Usually they play down to their level of talent. To have a team that you should dominate and then go out there and actually do it, kudos. Let's go. I have found a flaw in Sam Hartman. Uh-oh. And we'll hear more about it coming up because we're going to end the program. Sam was on the Dan Patrick Show yesterday. Did you hear about this? No. I'll just say this. Notre Dame fans might be very disappointed in the school he grew up rooting for. Oh. Let's just say he will take on a team this year on the schedule that he didn't like because he rooted for this team. And maybe you can figure it out, but Irish fans will cringe a little bit, then realize this guy's awesome. Who cares who he rooted for as a kid? (laughs) He threw four touchdowns on Saturday. I don't care who he rooted for as a kid, but he did mention that when he went into the transfer portal – Alabama, Auburn talked to him, but it sounded like based on his conversation with Dan Patrick, it was Notre Dame or NFL. Wow, yes. So, very interesting. And I I also had heard and if, if I everything is a blur to me honestly, so if I we get it. you know, if we t- I'm <laughs> I'm I don't know how I'm awake right now uh, or what my name is or what day it is, but <laughs> Um, I did hear that that his his former coach at Wake Forest had said that Sam told him that he had an opportunity to make more money and in the NIL by playing one additional year of college football than if he had gone straight to the NFL and and that's amazing. I mean, what is he making? Like, I think I saw on that list seven million right now. Is that what it is that's now? Wild. Yeah. Seven million dollars in NIL. Coming out of that Wake Forest offense, there were just. Based on what you hear, NFL executives weren't quite sure how Hartman's abilities were going to translate to the NFL based on the offense. He was in a lot of RPOs. And now at Notre Dame, he's in a pro-style offense, so he can really show NFL executives. So this is the best of both worlds. Absolutely. He gets another year of college, which is fun. He also gets to play in a pro-style offense to prove his worth to NFL executives while he's making millions of dollars still in college. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. This is like a paid internship. Right. If you look at it that way. And you know what? Good for him. It's really strange when you think about Sam Hartman is two years older than the Colts' starting quarterback. Wow. Anthony Richardson came out of Florida. Yes. He's only 22 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. And I think probably Justin Fields of the Bears may not be 24. Well, he's probably 24 at this point or close to it. But, yeah, old guy here at Notre Dame. And who knows? I had the Irish 10-2. and in the preseason. I'm going to stick with it. I'm not going to change just based on the Navy game. I just can't wait to see what happens at NC State. Yes. Validate all of these good vibes we have right now. You go down to NC State and win, and then I think the hype train 
will really, really start across the country for this football team. And then you go into Ohio State, hopefully undefeated eventually, and, well, you let her rip, and who knows what's possible. They announced their starting quarterback finally today. They're going with Kyle McCord, oh, the older guy. Okay. So McCord's going to start. Brown is going to play in that first game against Indiana. But Kyle McCord right now is the starter for Ohio State. So it would be fun if that game meant everything to both teams. Yes, absolutely. Add undefeated, undefeated. The hype going into that game is going to be incredible. And then the ticket prices <laughs> on the street are going to be as high as they have been, I would guess, in a long, long time around these parts. I know someone who sold their pair of tickets at Notre Dame season ticket holders sold them for $900 a piece already. 1800 bucks for two. Wow. Yes. And if they're undefeated, that's going to double. Uh-huh. I would think. Did they sell them to Notre Dame fans? I don't know. Don't know? That's probably, <laughs> if it's a secret, I probably know the answer then. <laughs> ABC 57's Allison Hayes, Darren Pritchett with you. Sports Speed at 522 here on WSBT Radio. How about a couple of thoughts, Allison, being at the game Al Golden's defense was spectacular, giving up just three points. Hey, Navy made a couple of plays very early, but not much after that. So that was my biggest concern heading into the game, but also in that first half, especially really more or less the the first quarter. But there were some big plays, not big plays, but, you know, they were getting some chunks of yardage at a time, and it was like, ooh, I don't seven yards here, six yards there, and that you saw a couple of breakaways, and it's like, man, if you're giving up those kind of run plays to Navy, you're not going to be able to do that to Ohio State. Uh, th- uh, that's going to turn into an 18-yard run a, uh, or an 80-yard run if you're not careful. So that was a, a bit concerning to me overall at the beginning, but the adjustments, the in-game adjustments, uh, I mean, even Maris Leofhouse said in the postgame, he said there was something that they ran, that a formation that they had never seen on tape and the uh, in all yeah. of their preparation and that they were able to adjust to it within the game. It was the discipline and really the, the consistency of being able to shut them down when they needed to and how strong they performed in the red zone. Only two red zone trips, and both of them were forced to be field goals. One of them missed. So I think that was a huge improvement. What Notre Dame was like dead last in uh, red zone touchdown defense last year, correct? So, I mean, that's a huge improvement already. So I was really – and, you know, there was some adjusting that needed to be done at first. You're expecting that triple option. And, and he threw a lot at them. I mean, he definitely threw some different looks and, and things, but they were able to stay disciplined and stay on their assignments. And, and overall, I mean, how can you complain about a yeah. basically a shutout? You gave up a three-point field goal. Big deal. What is even more impressive about what Notre Dame did in this particular ball game? was the depth they showed while having success with guys further down the depth chart. How about this? Along the defensive line, nine different players had at least 14 snaps in the ballgame. Led by Mills and Cross with 31, all the way down to Tui Halamaka and Burnham with 14. You had four different linebackers with at least 27 snaps, led by Leofow, who was terrific. Yes. He had 45. Sneed had 27, who was fourth. You had five different corners with at least 20 snaps. And you had three different safeties with at least 27 snaps. That's Brown, Henderson, and Watts. Harper had 12. And the kid from Rhode Island, Carter, had seven. 
if you were to put up these numbers just with your starters playing, that's very impressive. But to do it by going very deep into your depth chart, going three deep in some cases, and you still have that type of success, A, that's a sign you've got a lot of depth building, and B, you had a great game plan by Al Golden, and C, all those players deep down the depth chart got enough reps to understand what the plan was in order to execute it during the game. So I think that tells an even bigger story. You had even Jason Onye with 24 snaps in the ballgame. Rubio, before he got hurt, had 19. So I just love how everybody was ready to play and did their job so well defensively. Absolutely. And, again, that that's that discipline, too. Those are guys that are way down on the depth chart. They – realistically may not have even gotten into the game and then but when they were called upon they were ready they did their assignment they were ready to go and and that is uh definitely good for the future of the team as well because you know now you've got that depth if someone gets hurt bring another guy up all right an unscripted bonus question since you have conquered ireland (laughs) if you could have notre dame play in a different country next what are you going to choose now give you a second i'll stall by telling you uh, Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold, his flight back went from Dublin to Madrid. He had a 24-hour layover in Madrid, so he's actually he spent the day in Madrid sightseeing on his way back to the United States. So I thought that was kind of a cool way of doing things. But if you could take Notre Dame football to another country, now where are you going? I love it. Well, at one of the press conferences, one of the, there's a, a growing interest national or internationally, mm-hmm. and one of the reporters asked, are, are, will you ever play a game in Mexico? And I thought, oh, sign mm-hmm. me up for that. I, I think that would be cool. I, give me some warm weather. I'll take a yeah. warm weather location, maybe do it in like November. That'd be great. But anywhere they want to go, I just think it just is that Notre Dame brand. You're going to travel. The the fans are going to go for it. So why not? I mean, they – Coach Freeman talked about it too. And, the, and Sam Herman, everyone – like the way that they executed the planning for this yep. trip was immaculate. It was perfection. And the, the way they kept them up, the way they – they planned their food. I talked to their nutritionist. They had planned their meals a year in advance. Wow. That's how far ahead that they were looking at every single detail of this trip. So when you can execute in that that way and yeah. with that kind of time difference, you, you can go anywhere. And anywhere you go, Notre Dame fans are going to travel for it. NFL goes to Mexico City. They've got another game there this year. I think it's Aztec Stadium. So it's been proven it can be done in Mexico City. So... That would definitely be a possibility. That would be interesting. That would be very, very interesting. All right. Did you have fish and chips over there, by the you way? You know I did. How good were they? It was so oh, good. Yes, it was so great. That and the uh, stews were really good. That was my mm. favorite. And I'm a big lamb person, okay. which not everyone likes. But I, I lamb stew, beef stew, and fish and chips, those are the go-tos. Okay. And I, my belly is like, <laughs> if I drink another one of those G-word beverages, I yes. said, I'm not going to be able to zip my pants up anymore. It was, uh, I got a lot of walking in to try to help, but I, I need to get back on track. I was going to say the next three or four times you play golf back here, you need to walk rather than the cart. <laughs> That'll take care of everything, and then you can get back to all those fun things again. All right, Allison Hayes with me from ABC 57. I'm Darren Pritchett. We'll talk more Notre Dame football coming up in a moment. Marcus Freeman on Sam Hartman's quick learning curve with the offense. How did the running backs grade out? And also the keys for the Notre Dame defense coming out of facing the triple option. 
sometimes it can be very difficult because all the hand and footwork you've been working on, all those movements, they go out the window because you're back to playing conventional spread offenses. We'll get to that conversation coming up as Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on your home of the Fighting Irish in Saturday's matchup with Tennessee State, which will kick off at 2.30 on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the stripe. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10-5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Sports Radio 960 WSBT along with Allison Hayes from ABC 57. My name is Darren Pritchett. Sports Beat rolls on for this Tuesday evening brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser for 13 years. Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org. By Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the family in. My Midland Engineering Company beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years and the Mishawaka Education Foundation granting a better future. And hopefully sponsored soon by Fish and Chips from Ireland. I could definitely <laughs> use that. You got to tell the story. You just told me the side dish at one of the places. Yeah, well, every time we would get fish and chips, you know, in America, you get like a little ramekin of, say, uh, coleslaw. <laughs> and there it was mashed peas. Mm. And it was cold. And it was very plain. I like peas, so I would put salt on it. And I'm not, not too bad. I, I could eat a, a few bites here and there. My husband was like, oh, gross. And it looked like it was straight up guacamole. But mm. it did not taste like guacamole. Who came up with the idea that let's just mash these peas? <laughs> I, I don't understand it. Peas are wonderful the way they are. And I don't think yeah. they added and literally anything to it because it was very, very thick. And then, of course, cold. So, yeah, it was a weird. Hmm. If you're a texture person, like oh. uh, the Levon, the reporter that was with me, he was like, Mm-mm, no way, not touching it. I wonder if they would have looked at you funny had you said, would you not mash the peas? Uh, yeah, I didn't even think to ask. I don't know. A little butter, a little salt and pepper. Mm, we're good to go. Exactly. Leave my peas alone. Come on now. <laughs> All right. Let's get into a little more Notre Dame football talk again. The Irish taking on Tennessee State Saturday, 2.30 kickoff. Here on WSBT Radio, 
We have our game day coverage starting at 9. Eric Hansen, Tyler Hork, and I will have game day sports beat brought to you by Bud Light from 11 to 1.30. Allison on ABC 57. What time will your show air? We are live 10 to noon every okay. home game. We do it live right outside of Purcell Pavili- Pavilion. And, uh, yeah, you can stream us anywhere live. We just discovered you could even watch us in Dublin. There so. you go. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, Marcus Freeman met the media yesterday. I want to bring back a couple of his comments. And the first one centers around Sam Hartman, the Irish quarterback. What a great debut. The four touchdown passes, 19 of 23 for 251. No interceptions. He was not sacked. And the ball game did a terrific job of running the offense, making checks at the line of scrimmage that put his team in the best position to succeed. And once the ball was snapped, well, he made great decisions for this offense. But remember back in the spring, allegedly, let me say it again, Allegedly, there was the conversation floating around that Hartman and Buckner were in a dead heat in this quarterback competition and that Buckner was looking better, according to some people. I took that with a grain of salt and knowing Sam Hartman was going to be this team's starting quarterback. Notre Dame did not invest in a backup quarterback. Sam was going to figure it out. He had not been under center he had to figure out the snaps, the footwork. So he had a lot to figure out, let alone throwing the football. So you got to give him a little time to get things figured out. And sure enough, he did. He's the starter at Notre Dame. And it sounds like Buckner might be third string now at Alabama. Ouch. On a side note, I, I said this while watching that game. I said, can you, and no disrespect to Tommy Reese, but can you imagine being Tommy Reese watching that game, that Notre Dame game, and watching what Sam Hartman did, and that that was that could have been your quarterback, and instead you brought Tyler Buckner with you to Alabama. Whew, I, that would have to be a little. That's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah, Milroy, it sounds like is going to start for Alabama. He was the backup last year. He came in when the starter got hurt, and he was not good at throwing the football, running it. He was as electric as anybody in the country, but. According to people surrounding Alabama, they're going back to smash mouth, run the football style of offense, because I think they know they don't have a Bryce Young anymore at quarterback. And I read one of the reporters down in Alabama mentioned Tyler Buckner was good, but and that's the way I always felt about Tyler. He's good. It seemed like he always had potential, but then that nasty word came next, but. but. But blah, 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 blah. So he also I, just doesn't have that like dynamic ac- aspect to his game. Not, not to say, I mean, he, there were moments that we saw it in the bowl game where he played while well. he was the MVP, but he just d- didn't have that like it factor or something about him. And Sam Hartman does. There were moments where Tyler made a great play. You threw your arms in the air. Then there were moments he made a play and you took your hand to your forehead like, what are you <laughs> doing? So I hope it works out for him. Drew Pine's a backup down at Arizona State. So things worked out very well for the Fighting Irish. And this was Marcus Freeman discussing Hartman overcoming that learning curve as he picked up the offense in the spring and then figured out all the finer details during the summer and fall camp. It was. It was throughout the spring you you saw that. There was uh, his footwork right and and you saw at times in practice that he would go back revert back to some maybe some some of his previous footwork that he did at Wake Forest and so that is uh uh 
something that took a lot of work to kind of really change his footwork in terms of getting into it, how Coach Park and Coach Gadouli wanted here. You look at the final stats, 10 different receivers slash running backs were targeted in this game. Now, take away Rico Flores. His target was from Steve Angeli. So nine different players were targeted by Sam Hartman in this game. Everybody but Tobias Merriweather came away with a catch. He was 0 for 2. So you had eight different receivers catch a pass from Sam Hartman. Nine were targeted. So it's starting to show depth, confidence from the coaching staff in these players. So I guess, Allison, as you had your vision of what this was all going to look like during the offseason and now seeing it in person that first time, did things play out in terms of Sam finding all these different receivers? Is that the way you thought it was going to be? I didn't think they would play that many receivers. I or get that many receivers would have catches. I, that that's impressive. Mm-hmm. And that we've talked so much about that depth and how talented that receiving room is. But to have that many guys get a a, a catch, get a hand on a ball, I mean that's huge. I, no, I thought that. I mean, I did think Sam was going to have a great game. We all did, I think. But but uh, and I. I thought there would be a couple of guys, though, that were going to take the brunt of that. Mm-hmm. I thought Chris Tyree was going to have a bigger game than he did. Um, but overall, to have that many different players get their hands on the ball, t- that that's huge. That's great. That that gives you so much, so many options. That's so hard to defend also. I mean, for a defense, who, who do you key in on? Yeah, everybody's getting the ball. So that's really good for this offense. I kind of felt like there wasn't going to be that alpha target like last year with – Drew Pine looking at Michael Mayer every single time, which at times is a very, very good decision. But when he's double team, you got to look elsewhere. So I didn't know at the start of the year if anybody would have 60 catches. Would they get to 50 because there's so many options? But you look at Jaden Greathouse. He had three catches, two touchdowns. He had eight snaps in the game. Yeah. Eight. But he and Sam Hartman have built some great chemistry. We saw it in the blue goal game. And sure enough, it happened once again. But there's something very interesting about the stat sheet, I didn't notice it during the game. When I looked at the stats, I'm like, huh, what is Notre Dame known as? Tight end you. Yes. There was not a tight end targeted in the entire game. I'm How not surprised that? by that, though. I yeah. mean, when you, it's weird to say that. And like you said, you don't think about it during the game because there were so many other receivers and running backs that were getting the ball. But, I mean, you look at coming into the game, who would you throw to? Eli Reardon's out. Who Michael Mayer's in the NFL. You know, there yep. wasn't really a tight end that you were going to be going to. So you're kind of looking back at, at uh, blocking tight ends again for a bit and let the receivers have their day. What'll be interesting, and I think it'll be okay with this team, with this kind of quarterback, but to have that many guys, no one's going to have these huge stats for their career for this season yep. because they're not going to – it's so many to be shared. So, you know, when you've got big personalities, that can make a difference maybe later on into the season. But as long as they're winning, and I think and everyone's kind of getting a chance here and there, they just – you have to take advantage of your opportunity when you get it. And, and uh, Tobias Merriweather was a little bit of a surprise there that he didn't necessarily take advantage of those couple of opportunities they'll get him back out there but with this wide receiving core you better be able to do the job right away or you're going to get lapped yep that's a good thing right now in the running back room all right here is Marcus Freeman his thoughts on the play of the running backs including Audric Estime putting the football on the ground that's a no-no in the running back room and that meant that Audric spent a little time on the sideline 
Let's start with the room. Five guys, man, that are all talented. Um, I told Coach McCullough that he's done a great job at, at, at keeping those guys unselfish, at, at putting them in situations that are, are – they have packages based off who they are and some of their strengths. Um, and so I was really impressed by the depth and the execution of that room. To address Audric, yep, yeah, he was taken out of the game. I talked with Coach McCullough about it because – there's a standard that, that he and our, our offense and our team is set for that room, and you can't put the ball on the ground. And, and we don't care if you're Sam Hartman or Audrick Estime. Like, if you're not doing the things that we say are the standards for this program in this room, then there's consequences. And so part of that was, hey, Audrick, you're going to be pulled for a little bit because you can't put the ball on the ground. And then to me, it's also a credit to Audrick Estime, who is the guy. He's the guy. We all know that he's the guy, to be able to say, okay, I'm going to stand here on the sideline for a couple series or whatever, however long it was. When you give me my opportunity, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to go do my job. Like, it's just, to me, a credit to Dylan McCullough for the trust that his players have in him and a credit to Audrick Estime that we all know is the guy, RB1, um, to be able to accept that, you know what, you're going to be held accountable because you did not perform to our stand. You put the ball on the ground. And... Um, I thought it was a great example to not just those two, but to everybody in that room, even our entire team. Nobody's bigger than the standard. Nobody's above the standard. And if you don't perform to the standard, there's consequences. We understand that. We know Audrick Estimate didn't mean to put the ball on the ground, but the ball's on the ground. So we got to hold him accountable to that standard. And so it's, it's actually a really proud moment to be able to see that. Like, there's no pouting. There's no guy throwing his helmet, mad because he's taking a nose. Like, hold me accountable, coach. That's, that's your job. And when I get the opportunity to go back in, I will. And he did, and he did a great job. You're probably not going to see that done in the National Football League very often. But when you have the depth in that running back room, if someone puts the ball on the ground, you can afford to put that person on the sideline. So I really appreciate the coaching staff having that hard line with a guy like Estime. I'm just curious, five running backs played against Navy, is that going to be sustainable throughout the whole year? I don't think you need to. I think they had the opportunity to because they could run almost at will. Uh, I, the the girl, one of the reporters from the Observer, was sitting in front of us, and we were talking. and And uh, her like headline was, or the first line of her story was, "It's a Notre Dame running backs world, and we're just living in it." And I thought <laughs> that is so perfect. She nailed it because it was it was exciting to watch. But um, I don't think you're going to need to play all five. I think as the talent gets tougher, as the competition gets tougher, you're going to have two maybe three that are really going to then continue to take the brunt of that load and you don't need to continue to completely spread it out like that. But, you know, Audric Estime, I want him to get all the carries. I want him to have these incredible <laughs> numbers, but I don't want him dropping that ball anymore. Maybe he needs to do, was it Lee Becton who had to carry the ball around campus so he didn't drop it? We might need to, to pull out that old thing. Tell you what, price is electric. Love is electric. There's just something different about this running back room. It's awesome. For veteran Irish fans, I would have to imagine this takes you back to the early 90s when the fifth string running back was an NFL running back in a couple of years. So really a lot of fun. And just think, when the Irish were throwing everything but the kitchen sink at Will Shipley, trying to get him, it went to Clemson. The running back room was not in good shape. But they got Audrey Estime, they added Logan Diggs at that time, and now they've added Adam Now. 
Look what they have in that running back room. It is remarkable. Now here's Marcus Freeman on the keys for the defense to come out of the Navy game. You've been thinking triple option now for a while. It's time to get back to traditional offenses for the Irish defense. So what are the keys? Marcus Freeman, of course, has this all laid out. Part of that is in the preparation, okay, is that you can't – we did not just go exclusively Navy-only defense. Within our Navy personnel, we were able to play, as I call, normal defense. Um, And we saw some normal formations out of Navy, right? So we were able to really do that in our preparation. Um, So I think the adjustment from where we were to now – won't be a, a big one because we've been able to do it through camp. Even when we go against our offense, it's good on good, and, and we've got to be able to play normal defense versus our offense. And so um, I, I really think that, that the transition back to um, just playing normal defenses will, will, won't be tremendous. The other thing is that we have to be smart in terms of our preparation, right? Like you can't go from that Navy game plan to a game plan this week that is super, super complicated. Right, you got to make sure our our only objective for our coaches, I said, is make sure our great players play great. And so, in order to do that, that is a coach and a player challenge. Right, as coaches, you have to give your great players an opportunity to play great by making sure you do things that they can execute. Players, you have to embrace that and understand. Okay, here's the game plan. I'm gonna study it. I'm gonna work it so that on Saturday I have a chance to go out there and play great. So, Allison, what has you excited about Al Golden's defense going forward? I think their ability to adjust to the different looks and schemes and wrinkles that they were thrown that were thrown at them during that game. And I think we knew they knew going in last year they got slashed by <laughs> that run game, and that was definitely a, a focus for them coming into this game. And they held that fullback to just 59 yards, 169 yards of total offense for the whole game. So I think that, and then the, the consistency and the discipline that they showed, I think that is really what is the most, I don't want to say if that's necessarily exciting, but that is like fundamental, clean football. And that's what you want to see as a defense. And that's how you create dominance too, is by being strong like that. Linebackers are a lot of fun. Those old guys looked really good in this ball game. And I'm excited to get back to, facing traditional offenses because then we get to see Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison do all their great work as cornerbacks facing wide receivers that aren't trying to take their legs out, that they're actually trying to run routes and and beat them. But I think they're going to be absolutely terrific. But in that North Carolina State game in two weeks, how much will the Irish have to blitz? How much will Al Golden rely on his front four to get pressure on the quarterback? That's going to be a part of the chess match and I think that's still the one unanswered question is going to be the pass rush yeah you're not going to see it against Navy of course very much but Burnham had a sack but against NC State we'll learn a lot about the pass rush and I know the TCU quarterback Draylon Ellis I mean their level of talent is just different we'll get into that but 
Uh, he does have the ability to run the ball, so he does kind of give a little bit of a a little different look mm-hmm. for them to prepare for. So it will be good practice, I think, as they're heading into NC State. But I mean, they, the kid, he's got a lot of experience. He's passed for over five thousand yards and forty plus touchdowns. So um, it's someone to prepare for, and they've got a decent run game. So it's something for that Notre Dame defense to you know another tune up, if you will. Yep. It, it's a good transition going from what they had to prepare for against Navy to now having this to kind of then okay if we had a little hiccup here or there they can get past it so that they can get ready for what nc state's going to bring allison hayes from abc 57 i'm darren pritchett we got to get to break we're a little behind 553 at wsbt hey everyone saltgrass steakhouse is now open in mishawaka wrangle up the crew and head down to saltgrass mishawaka for an unforgettable experience sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled certified angus beef steaks sip on ice cold craft cocktails and don't forget to try the famous spicy range rattlers all made daily in the scratch kitchen start making delicious memories at saltgrass mishawaka 5126 north main street across from lazy boy furniture galleries dine with us today 